Amen. Praise the Lord. We are back uh, in the book of First Samuel. Now, God's been speaking. This is the third lesson. Now, um, prior to this, we have been engaged in a series in the book of Psalms, chapter 27, or the 27th number of the Psalms, um, to be more specific. Um, and um, But we have taken a, a moment to move away from that for just a moment to focus on some other things. We have um, been focusing on um, a uh, scripture set found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 32 um, through 37. This is part of a different Bible <clears throat> study series that we do called uh, the Bible Matters um, study series. Um, and this is the series where we, uh, where, 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 where whatever God has at the moment, you know, what, whatever it may be, spur of the moment, any situation, um, or any circumstance, God all of a sudden changes the direction, changes the flow, and he's God, and he's welcome to do that, and we're going to always go where God goes. When the spirit of the Lord starts moving, wherever he moved, that's where we're moving. If he's not moving, we're going to stay right where we are. If he's moving, we're going to go to right where he is, but we're going to always stay where God is. So this series is um, is the series that we put, uh, is the heading, really, that we put um, all of those messages that kind of fall under that um, category there is no uh, rhyme or reason, so to speak, meaning that I'm not picking the topics. We're not doing any of this. Actually, none of them are picked even in the in our main um, 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 series. God gives all of that. But by this, I mean that we are actually, um, you know, there, there isn't a, a set list of subjects that we are discussing. Um, this literally is, is what God gives. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verse 32 uh, through 37, reads as follows. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go out, will go, excuse me, and fight with this Philistine. All right. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, thy servant, kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go and the Lord be with thee. Amen. As always, may the Lord have a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. Glory to God. We're picking up here. Amen. Um, and we are dealing with um, this uh, story um, that happened in 1 Samuel. And we've been talking about um, two lessons into it, dealing with this, working our way up to dealing 
with this subject of lions and, uh, and bears. We're not quite there yet, but we are going to get there. Um, so just hold on to your seat. God is blessing. Um, um, but we're going, we're going to, but, but there's so much meat in this it's, it's, it's literally just impossible to just jump right to, uh, to the end. You have to take your time and digest what God is saying at every phase, at every step, God is saying something. And so we are building to that. Amen. We're building up to that. Uh, when we last talked about, we, we, we said that disobedience will always take us out of fellowship with God. Amen. And this is absolutely true. Isaiah 59 and 2 is your reference scripture for that. Amen. It will always, disobedience, family, will always take us out of fellowship with God. There's no other place it's going to take you. I want you to hear what I said. There's no other place that it is going to take you. It does not, it does not matter what your intentions are. Hear what I'm telling you. Even if your intention is to serve and worship God, you cannot do that through disobedience. Absolutely not. You cannot do that through disobedience. You cannot worship God and have your worship accepted by way of the vehicle of disobedience. Uh-uh, no, no, no. You cannot serve God and have your service accepted. All the while you riding down the street in the vehicle of disobedience. No, that's not going to work. Family, that is not going to work. Isaiah 59 and 2 says this, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you. That what? He will not hear. Iniquities, what is that? Lawlessness. Amen. Amen. That's what iniquity means. It means lawlessness. Why is that important? Why do I need to know that? Brother Walker, why did, you, why, did, why did you bring that out specifically? Because when we talk about lawlessness, the opposite of that is anarchy. No rules, no standards, free for all. Everybody doing what they want to do. Everybody doing what they feel like doing. Iniquity is lawlessness. And lawlessness leads to transgression. When lawlessness abides, it means there is no respect for laws. When there is no respect for laws, family, it means there's no respect for rules. And when there is no respect for rules, it means that you will be susceptible to breaking the rules. And when the Bible says, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, I told you before, no service, no praise, no worship. I don't care how good you sing. Doesn't matter how articulate you speak. Doesn't matter how skilled you are. No worship. No service. 
no praise will ever be accepted as long as there is sin standing between you and God. Nope, ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen. That ain't gonna happen. And disobedience is sin. And we talked about that. Amen. No, did you notice that B portion? And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Now, I want you to understand something. Notice what he said. He is, it, it is <laughs> your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Do you hear what that is telling you? Your sins have hid his face from you. The writer brings out one aspect. Your ears are on your part of your face. But notice what he said, his face, meaning the entirety of his face is hidden from you, not just the ears. What is he telling you? He's telling you two things. One, he ain't even listening to you. So it don't matter how much you, you shout, you, how much you sing, it don't matter. I don't, listen, it don't matter what you do. Call yourself serving and worshiping, praising God. Go ahead, call yourself, I'm just going to bless his name. All the while you're walking in disobedience. When God's face is hid from you, it, is more, it, it means more than just the fact that he's not listening to you. He ain't paying attention to you. Do you not know that when you pray your prayer to God, when we pray before the Lord, when God receives our prayers, it is received in two ways. God both hears your prayer and he smells your prayer. Glory to God. I'm going to check the record. Check the record. Check the record. Check it for yourself. Some prayers give off a disgusting odor. Some prayers are foul-smelling. Sin and iniquity will always, when you are engaged in it, it will always cause God or result in God not listening to your prayer. Basically what that means, you know what it means? It means that God ain't paying attention to you. So all the while you in, in church, turning flips and cartwheels, landing the double axle twist, God ain't paying attention to you. God ain't listening to none of that foolishness. They that worship the Lord must do so in spirit and in truth. Amen. You got to be doing the right thing. You got to be live. You cannot just be actively trying to violate a God's word and then go to church or wherever else if you go on and then or or to, listen. You can go to your prayer closet all day long. 
But if you are but if you are actively engaged in wickedness and that which is not right, you can go in there all day long. When the Bible talks about that your sins have hid his face from you, that means that God ain't paying attention to you. You just in there wasting your time. And he's not going to start paying attention to you until you come to the place in that prayer, in that prayer closet, where you humble yourself and repent of your sins. And you get back to where God wants you. Then all of a sudden, you got an audience with God. Amen. Amen. So we talked about these different things. Amen. We even said that some people go as far as uh, even though it's our sin that separates us from God. We learned that from Isaiah 59 and 2. Even though it's our sin that does that, in other words, we're the reason that God don't pay attention um, to, to our theatrics and all that other kind of stuff. God didn't ask you to do that. Uh-uh. God didn't ask you to do all that. All you got to do is read Micah 6 and 8. That's very plain. You break that down, what's it telling you? Do the right thing. God haven't told you to do all the extra theatrics and all the stuff that we have added on to service and that have now, because of uh, time that people, and length of time that people have done it, it has become synonymous with serving God. That ain't serving God. That's serving your own self-interest. And when you serve in your own self-interest, you serve in the devil. That's all that that is. That's the only one who benefit from that, the devil. And I know that's hard for some people to hear, but when you are all on yourself, let me tell you something, you by yourself. The only, body, the only person, the only one who show up to that party is the devil. Oh yeah, and he be clapping with, his, with popcorn and everything else and tell, just egging you on. Go further and further into your unrighteousness, into my wickedness. Just keep right on going. Oh, he give, oh, he give you a stand innovation. He throw you flowers and everything else. Either you're going to serve God or you're going to serve the devil. Listen, you can serve the devil without intending to. You know how you do it? Just decide that you're going to do your own thing instead of God's thing. And ding, ding, congratulations. You just signed up to serve the devil. You can't have two masters, family. You can't love God and love the world. You can't. You got to choose and you need to understand something. <laughs> See, this is the whole, this is the whole thing about that choosing. You don't get to not choose. God is not, God, listen, God is going to force the choice, family. Because he will not be second string and he will not play second fiddle. He will not tolerate the back burner. He refuses to be the afterthought. So when you choose this world, 
and you prioritize the world. You don't have to go and say, oh, well, you know what? I'm not, I'm not serving the devil. I'm not doing, you know, I'm, 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 I'm serving. No, you're not serving God. Even if your intention is to serve God, if you do it your own way, you're serving the enemy. You're playing right into his hands. You can't do that. Some people go as far to think that because God won't let you get away with mess, that he's unfair. And we read that in Ezekiel. Chapter 18, 29 through 30. Amen. We even go as far as claiming that God is not fair. Why? Because we can't have his blessing while holding on to secret sin. We talked about all of that. It's just not possible. And for that, we gave you a scripture so that you can take, hopefully you meditated on it and you thought about it and you shared it. And that's Proverbs 28 and 13. He that covereth his sins shall what? Not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. See, the longer you keep trying to get away with it, the longer you keep trying to get by, the faster, the quicker you hasten the pace to your ruin. See, God will not allow himself to be your second choice, be second string. He ain't going to do that. With him, it's all or nothing. Either you're going to, listen, either you are going to serve the Lord or you're not. That doesn't mean that you have to be perfect. No, this is a journey towards perfection, family. God's take, listen, you just, you just walk along the path that God's assigned. And it's only one road. You don't have no path for me and then a path for you. No, it's only one road. Straight and narrow, that's it. It's one road. That road is holiness. That's the name of that road. That's the name of that highway. It's called holiness. And if you will walk that, listen, God has already taken into account that you are human, that you're frail. One scripture tells us but he, he knows our frame. He knows that we are just dust. He knows you're going to get, he knows you're going you're gonna to make some mistakes. He knows you're going to make, get, he knows you're going to get it all twisted up and you're going to get it all wrong. But if when that happens, you lean on the arm of the Lord and not the arm of flesh and allow him, take the Lord's hand as he stands you back up to your feet after a fall. See, that's just it. See, when you fall on the rock, the Bible tells us that you'll be broken. But when, but when the rock fall on you, it grinds you to powder. See, when you fall on the rock, we break in our hearts 
we break towards repentance. Our heart becomes broken before the Lord. We become sensitive to the Lord. We become appalled at our behavior, at our thought pattern, at the things we entertain, the things that we do when we fall and we break on the rock. But because, but when we fall and we break on the rock and break towards God, we start to repent. We start to see ourselves for ourselves. And we say, God, you know what? I messed up. God, I made, I, I made a terrible mistake. God, I, I, don't, I took leave of my senses for the, these, these last couple of weeks, the last couple of days, last couple of moments. God, I don't know what I was thinking and I don't know what I was doing, but I clearly wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. Lord, I repent. Jesus, I'm sorry. I am so sorry. See, when you do that upon the rock, you know what God does because he is the rock? Because Jesus, who is God, is the rock. He takes you and your brokenness take some Holy Ghost glue, that's his own spirit, puts you right back together again. Then he reaches down, reaches his hand towards you, allows you to take his hand and he stays right there while as he pulls you to your feet, not you getting up, but as he pulls you to your feet, He does it in such a loving and gentle way. Like a parent helping a child learn to walk for the first time. It's not just important for that parent to pull the child up to walk. But for certain periods and moments, it's also important for that parent to keep their hand and their arm where the child can hold on to it so that they can steady themselves. He takes you to perfection. And you know how he does it? One failure at a time. Every time you drop, every time you drop the ball and you let him help you pick it back up, you know what he's doing? The Lord is inching you towards perfection. Chipping off all the stuff you don't need, tacking on all the stuff you do need. And you know who he does that for? The humble. Why? Because he resists the proud. But the word of God says, gives grace to the humble. Are you humble? Have you fallen in sin? Have you started to undertake some things that are not right? It's time to break yourself before the Lord. Fall on the rock. When you fall on the rock, you're falling at his mercy. And the word of God says it is by his mercy that we are not consumed. Fall on the rock today right where you are, right when you are. Don't matter what time you listen into this, 
Don't matter where, when you, when you listen to this and where you're listening, all these things don't matter. You don't need to be in the physical church house to do this. In your heart and in your mind, you must be broken over sin. You cannot have a secret love affair with sin. That part of you that want to be holy, but you want to be unholy too. No. What fellowship family has light with darkness? Don't throw your life away. for two seconds sin. Don't throw eternity away for a few moments of unrighteousness. No, fall on the rock. Amen. 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 And you know what I love about it before I move on? Is that Jesus went to the cross so you could have this opportunity so that I could have it. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying that the privilege of getting back up when you fall has already been bought and paid for by the blood of the lamb. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. What are you saying? I'm saying salvation is free. God has given you permission to be saved, but you got to do it his way. Amen. 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 We sometimes feel like God's not fair, but the truth is, and we learned this, that God is fair. In fact, he's more than fair. Remember Psalms 103 verse uh, 10? He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. That means that God didn't, God hasn't treated you and me the way <laughs> we deserve to be treated. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. God's been merciful. He's been good. And I want to challenge somebody today who's going to listen to this. How long you going to? Keep looking at the goodness that God has provided and keep walking past. How many days you gonna keep walking past your opportunity? How long you gonna keep telling yourself that you unqualified to be saved? Do you not know that it is your sin? that allows you to meet the qualification for being saved. Why? Because salvation is for the sinner. How long are you gonna keep letting your past beat you down and the devil lie to you and convince you and talk you into believing that you've gone too far and that you can't come back. 
Wait a minute. God decide who's gone too far and who can't come back. The devil don't get to weigh in on nothing. He was a liar back then and he a liar right now. And let me tell you, he going to die a liar. Yeah, he going to burn up. Yes, he is. And his room in that oven right next to him, if you want it. But I'm pleading with you, don't want that. Walk away from that. Walk towards God. Stay out of the devil's camp. Don't buy into his lies. You're just going to keep on sinning because he told you you can't get right. So you say, I might as well stay wrong. Wake up, old man, old woman. And realize that this is the day of salvation. All you got to do is repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. And he'll fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you, you'll, you, you'll start running and you'll never look back. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. When we are out of alignment with God's word, that's synonymous when we talk about our God's word. We mean we're talking about God's laws. We're also talking about God's teaching, okay? Amen. We're talking about God's doctrine. What is doctrine? Well, doctrine, when we break it down, simply just means the subject of the teacher. But when we, but when we, but when we, when we look at that from a 10,000-foot level to get an understanding of doctrine, doctrine is the rule set of heaven. That's what God lays down. Amen. Amen. Doctrine is not what people come up and have interpreted according to the script, their interpretation of the scripture. No, I know it ain't. Doctrine is what Jesus said. And when we say what Jesus said, he is God. So it is all of the Bible. It is what God tells us to do and what not to do. That's doctrine. Glory to God. Glory to God. So that makes it very easy. Now, when we are out of alignment with God's word, God's laws, God's teaching, or in essence, God's doctrine, etc. Okay. As the Philistines were to Saul, amen. Jumping back into Samuel 17, 32 through 37. Amen. As the Philistines were to Saul, the sharks of life began to circle. See, when Saul walked out, of obedience inside he was going to park in the camp of disobedience he just going to do everything that he wasn't supposed to do family that carries consequences and when you do that we already established that the anointing of god gets gets withdrawn you forfeit that we've already talked about that you can't walk in disobedience and maintain the anointing that ain't gonna happen Maintenance of the anointing is predicated or based on obedience. No obedience, no anointing. 
And we also learn that when the anointing departs, that hedge of protection also leaves as well. In essence, the favor of God leaves you. And so it was with Saul when he got out of alignment. The Philistines, just like sharks, began to circle. Look at 1 Samuel, look at 17, look at 1 and 2. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shokoth, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shokoth and Azkoth and Ephes Damum. Do you see that? Now the Philistines gathered together the armies to battle. This was after Saul's disobedience. When you start walking in sin, the enemy is always waiting to capitalize on your areas of compromise. Glory to God, I, I cannot stress that enough. The enemy, the devil himself will always be waiting to capitalize on our areas of compromise. When you decide and I decide that I'm not going to do it God's way, the devil, the enemy, this world is waiting to jump on that. Like sharks or the sharks of life, they begin to circle. And I want to tell somebody right now, right now, you are choosing the wrong thing and you are consistently making the wrong choice. And what you don't realize is that the sharks are circling. You don't have any idea of what you're getting ready to walk into the hell that is getting ready to be unleashed on you. And it is your own and it's going to be your own undoing. Because you are deliberately walking in sin. Some of you, God has been sending a consistent word. A word of rebuke, a word of warning, a word of promise of restoration. If you will turn and you keep continually choosing the wrong thing, I'm telling you right now, the sharks are circling. See, many times when they go hunting for sharks and they want to get those big ones or whatever else it is, what they'll do is, is that they'll throw what's, what they call in the water, they'll throw chum in the water. And that's that mixture of all these different of, uh, uh, fish parts and a whole bunch of other stuff and blood and all the other kind of stuff. Why? Because it attracts the sharks in the water. They can sense that miles away. Even studies have been done that they can smell a water that has been chummed. They can smell all of that, that uh, smorgasbord on the horizon somewhere. They can smell it from miles away. And every time you decide that you're going to do what you want to do and not what God told you to do, you are chumming the waters. And I'm telling you right now that the sharks are circling. 
you better hear what I'm telling you. Some of you don't understand that because of the choices that you are making for yourself, the sharks are circling your family. They're circling your son. They are circling your daughter. They're circling your wife. They're circling your husband. You don't understand that when you walk in sin, deliberate sin, that Satan begins to hunt. And you know who on the menu? You. Your family is on the menu. I'm telling you right now, in the name of Jesus, you better refuse to go out like that. You had better refuse to go out like that. Who is on the Lord's side? Stay right there. Stay right there with him. Stay in his word. It don't matter if you don't understand and you're going through a hard time. Stay right there. Are you disappointed because some things didn't break in your favor? Stay right there. Are you waiting on some finances to come through and it seemed like you're getting to the end and you just don't know? Stay right there. Did the doctors tell you something that it seemed like, man, you know what? They might have something. They might, there might be something to this. Maybe it is too late. Stay right there and stand and see the salvation of the Lord. I'm telling you that God is greater than a doctor's diagnosis. God is greater than a sitting president. God is greater than a school system. God is greater than a job. Let me tell you something. The God we serve is still the God of heaven and earth. And what he says still goes. It don't matter who don't want to go along with it. When God decides to give you favor, it don't matter who don't want to give you a room or seat at the table. God going to make everybody scoot over that's sitting in your place. You just be faithful and follow God to the best of your ability. When you can't do nothing, you stand still and see the salvation of the Lord and you wait on him. Don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. Don't you back up. Don't you budge an inch. Don't you go nowhere. Stay right there with God. Stay right there with God. Stay right there with God. And I guarantee you, all you got to do is watch God's footwork and he going to show you something new. I am telling you right now in the name of Jesus, that if you will walk in a faith that's kindled, a faith that refuses to deny God, but says, I'm going to stay right there. I'm telling you that for some of you in the name of Jesus, you're going to go back to that doctor and that same report that they gave you over and over and over again is getting ready to change in the name of Jesus if you will believe and walk and listen you got to walk this thing and it is by faith what you have is going to be always be proportionate to what you believe and if you don't believe nothing of God you ain't going to get nothing of God Faith is still the prerequisite. You still got to believe what he said. What if I believe and it don't happen? Keep believing. Keep believing. That might not have happened. But my God rewards faith. That thing that, listen, let me tell you something. You serve a God that know more than you. When I pray, I'm only praying if I'm not late. Listen, many times when you pray, you pray according to what you think you need. But God Almighty knows exactly what you need. 
That's why I'm so glad that God gives the Holy Ghost and you're able to pray in tongues. You're able to speak, man. I'm telling you right now, because when you begin to pray, sometimes, listen, you got to change it. You got, listen, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you need to understand some God gives you a proof of receipt. That proof of receipt is an initial sign that follows it. And it is speaking in tongues. That is a prayer language. And it is the birthright of every child of God. Don't tell me nothing about that everybody don't speak in, that, we, that I, I just don't have, uh, no. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak in other tongues. And if you don't have it, the Bible says, tarry ye in Jerusalem till you be in doubt. Wait on him. You got to tarry till he feel you. But don't you go nowhere without that Holy Ghost. Because when God give you the Holy Ghost, you need to understand something. Listen, there is something about God. When he give you the Holy Ghost, you are able to pray, I'm telling you. And your mind don't have to be checked in. And it don't have to understand. But God hears every single word. I might not in the natural know how to pray. But when I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and let God move through me, it no longer matters what I'm able to understand. My my God's interpreting every moan, every groan, everything. Glory to God. Glory to God. I feel like Paul, he said, I thank God that I'm praying tongues more than you all. Glory to God. When I can't get a prayer through, let me tell you what I do. I begin, I wait on the utterance because I can't just do it on my own, but I wait for the moving of the spirit of God. And when the spirit of God starts to move, I begin to pray. And all of a sudden, that words that were in the natural begin to break forth. And it's no longer in the natural, but I'm praying in the spirit. And God knows exactly what I'm saying. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And if you ain't got that, if that ain't happened, oh, I ain't here to try to invalidate what you got. I'm just telling you there's more for you to get. Get everything that God has. That is your spiritual birthright. And I'm telling you, listen, glory to God. Glory to God. You got to get it God's way. You got to get it God's way. Amen. 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 Amen to that. Amen to that. Glory to God. Amen. God is good. And just keeps getting better and better by the moment. See, during the war of or with the Philistines in which Israel was in, in, engaged, when we read the history, we find that they came across or they were confronted by a giant by, who went by the name of Goliath. The Philistine army occupied, according to scripture here, this first Samuel 17 and three, amen. The Philistine army occupied one mountain and Israel occupied another mountain. Now, in between them was a valley, and it was in the valley that the skirmishes or the clashes between the Israel 
Israelite army and the Philistine army took place. Amen. Amen. So you have the Philistines on one mountain and you have the children of Israel on another mountain. Amen. Amen. And it would come down, send their troops down into the valley. And it is in this valley, family of God, that the skirmishes would break forth. This is where the fighting, this is where the battles were fought. Amen. Amen. Now, for 40 days, if you take a look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, I want you to look at verse 16. Remember, I told you we work we working our way into dealing with our first Samuel 17, 32 and 30 through 37 text. But we're going to take our time and get through and get every nugget, every morsel, everything God got for us. We want it all. We're not leaving nothing on the table. Amen. Now, for 40 days, family. OK. Day and night. Goliath. Presented himself. And he challenged Israel. Look at that, 1 Samuel 17, 16. And the Philistine drew near, and the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself, this is talking about Goliath, 40 days. Amen. For 40 days, he presented himself in the valley. He showed up for 40 days. For 40 days, every day, for this set period of time, Goliath showed up. I, 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 don't, don't miss this. Do not miss this. The challenge of the enemy is always for a set period of time. See, 40 days later, that's when David would come on the scene. 40 days later is when Goliath would meet his demise. But for 40 days prior, the enemy challenged the people of God. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 tell us this, to everything there is a what? Season. And a time to every purpose under heaven. I'm talking to somebody who's, who's really been having a hard time enemy just been just bragging at you. I'm going to give you something in the name of Jesus. That's going to last. Listen, I'm, you, you just hold on. You, you, you just wait on it for 40 days. The enemy came and he antagonized for 40 days. He came and he challenged for 40 days. He came and he lied for 40 days. He came and he tried to shake down the people of God for 40 days. He came and tried to insinuate what could not be done for 40 days for 40 days. For 40 days, that liar showed up for 40 days, for 40 days, for 40 days, this period of time, the enemy showed up. Glory to God, I'm telling you right now, and, but, but, and I know some of you are battle weary from it. 
And sometimes you even wonder, but what about the fight? And I know because I've been there, I'm tired of fighting. Why do I always got to find fight? Ecclesiastes 3 and 8 says, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Do you not know that in the seasons of God, there are seasons that are designated for fighting? There's seasons, there's periods where there is going to be battle. And I know you don't, I know, I know, I know you don't want to, to, I know you don't like that. I know that you don't like that, but let me see if I can give you a different spin on something and let you see it from a different angle. It said it's a time of war and a time of peace. We want the time of peace and we want all of these things. We want the time where it's going good. We want the time where it seems well. We want the time where everything seems to be going according to plan and we don't want the time of war but you need to understand there must be at times the time of war because there are some entrenched devils that god is trying to unseat and sometimes you got listen 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 the bible jesus said this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting when you are praying and you are fasting you are let me tell you something you're entering the fray you are coming geared up you are entering the battle of arena you there are some enemies listen let me tell you something there are some devils they not coming out because you just asked them to leave politely no 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 no. it's gonna be a fight through in the spirit and you got to know in the name of jesus that nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Yes, we are. Listen, sometimes I know you don't want to fight all the time, but you got to take up your arms in the spirit, doing what the word of God said so that you are able to wage a good fight. Why? Because God is intending to use you to deliver somebody just like he used somebody else to deliver you. What do you mean? Somebody told you about Jesus. You didn't tell yourself. Somebody told you that he went to the cross. Somebody told you that he died for sins that he didn't commit. Somebody told you that they lied on him. Somebody told you that they whipped him and that they beat him and that they bruised him. Somebody told you that they mocked him. Somebody told you what he went through. Somebody told you that they crucified him, that they hung him high and they stretched him wide. Somebody told you that they laid him in a borrowed tomb and then somebody told you that he rose on the third day with all power of heaven and earth. I'm preaching the gospel to somebody right now. Somebody told you that. God don't intend you to sit on that because that same gospel that you mixed with faith and you repented of your sins and you were baptized in the name of Jesus and you allowed him to fill you with the Holy Ghost. God intends for you to take that same message to somebody that's locked up, that's shackled up, somebody that's barred and battered, somebody that feels that they can't make it. That can't happen if you don't report to the battlefield. 
be of good courage, family. The battle is the Lord's. The battle, I said, is the Lord's. I said, it's still the Lord's. It's still the Lord's. And I know you don't want to fight, but I'm telling you, be faithful. Get in there and the Lord God Almighty will strengthen your hands for the work ahead. And I am telling you right now, you are going to do a work for the kingdom of God. And God is going to lose so many souls because somebody decided that when it was time to fight, that they put up their dukes and was ready to go. I'm telling you right now, the Lord is with you. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And when we talk about fighting, we're not talking about in the natural. No, get that mess out of here. We're not talking about that. We're talking about loving that brother through whatever it is they're going through, even when it's hard to do so. We're talking about forgiving somebody. Why? Because you yourself have been forgiven. Glory to God. Glory to God. The challenge, family. I know you don't want to do it. And I know you get tired of it. God know it too. But that's why he told you he'll be right there. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. The challenge will never go beyond what you are able to survive through him. I don't know how you feel about it. But 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 going to 14 says this, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. That will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Focus on the one who can save you. The one who will save you. And not some fake knockoff God and invention of your own imagination. Relying on your own strength. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. My Bible says he will not suffer you to be tempted above what ye are able. The challenge will never go or never be beyond what you are able to survive through him. Do it on your own, you're not going to make it. Do it through him. Well, prepare for the victory dance and the celebration because the Lord God Almighty is our victory. God bless you. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording here. Wow.